Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! The Ethel Merman Show, previously scheduled for this time, will be heard at a new time and date to be announced shortly. Transcribed is Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. Hello there, this is Diamond. Hey, I got a beef. I went shopping for my girl Helen Asher the other day. You know, stuff for dinner. This town's gotten hotter than the blast furnace in Death Valley, so you gotta pick out things that make for a cool meal. Like salads, cold cuts, beer... Real picnic style. Well, I figured I could whip up a fancy tossed salad or something. Until I got around to the tomato counter. Have you glommed onto the price of tomatoes lately? Now, what's with that? So the cost of living is inflated. So a T-bone makes like it just arrived direct from the Sultan's classiest cow. Okay, a T-bone, I can understand. But what's with a tomato? When it costs so much, it should be hanging from a charm bracelet instead of lying in a salad bowl. Who needs it? So I bowed from the waist and figured you could still do a lot of things with a plain head of lettuce. Oh, uh, I got another beef, too. Why can't people start their killings in December when it's cool? Now, about a week ago, I got mixed up in a case, and before it was over, I took so many salt tablets, I am now the best-seasoned private detective in New York. It started last Tuesday morning about 11 o'clock in an apartment on the Upper East Side. Ginny? Yeah, genius. No cracks. No cracks. We're both waiting for old Gibson to turn us into the cops and you say no cracks. This whole rotten mess is your fault. Well, how did I know the old goat wouldn't fall for it? Well, he didn't, so we better start packing. What for? Because I don't want to play hostess to a lot of little men in blue. I'm allergic to handcuffs. Relax, will you? They won't find us. They can trace me from the other apartment. How? Gibson don't know your real name. Do you leave anything in the other place that will lead him here? No. Cleaned out everything except the clothes. I didn't have time to move them. <laughs> Notice you got away with the mink. What do you want me to do? Leave it behind? No, no. We can hock it. Hock it? Yeah. You want to blow town? Takes cash. Cash I ain't got. You're telling me. Look, baby, if Gibson does go to the police, I'll have to hock the coat so we can blow this joint, see? <sighs> All right. You go get rid of it, and I'll start throwing some things into the suitcase. Uh, who's that? How would I know? Maybe it's a landlady. Oh, I forgot. The painting is floor today. Yeah, I saw the painters in 206. They'll probably start in this room in a couple of hours. Okay, okay. Duck that coat. I don't want the landlady to spot it. Yeah. Yeah, what? Gibson. So you really are married, huh? Who is it, Hawk? Hello, Virginia. Mr. Gibson. Yes, I waited around in front of the other apartment and followed you here. I wanted to be sure to send the police to the right place. Look, Mr. Gibson, look. You look whatever your real name is. I don't like being blackmailed or threatened. But please... No, Virginia, I... my mind's made up. In a way, I'm sorry for you. 
But you didn't think about me. I'm past 60, and I'm tired of being made a fool. Look, why don't you give her a break, Mr. Gibbs? No, I'm not asking for That's me. That's very just... noble of you. You should have thought about that a few hours ago when you accused me of making love to your wife. You're not really married. Well, there you... is no need of displaying your indignation. There'll be plenty of time for that when the police arrive. Huh? Yeah. Come in. Morning, how Come dare on. you? Take your hands off me. Look, you ain't calling nobody. You're going to listen to me. You take your hands off me. What are you going to do, Hog? I'm going to change his old goat's mind about calling the cops. You can't threaten me. No. Oh, you struck me. How'd you guess? Hog, take it easy. He's an old man. Your concern is misplaced, my dear. I can take care of myself. Why, you... Give me that chain. I'll be glad to give, give it to you across your shoulders. Give me that. Hog, be careful. Hit me with a chain, will you? No, young... I'll shut you up for good. Harvey. Oh. Harvey. <laughs> Idiot. Huh? You big stupid idiot. Look what you've done. All right, so what? No better next time. Throw some water on him. Why did you hear me? Throw some water on him. What's wrong? Uh, come on, come on, Gibson. Come on, come on. Holy cow. Is he? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, shut, up. shut up. Shut up. Why do you have to him with a cane? Now you're in trouble. I'm in trouble. We're in trouble, baby. We, we. Stop that crying all over the place. Help me get him out of here. Oh, we're gonna do it. It's broad daylight. Yeah. Can't get him out of the building like this. I'll have to wait till the night. We can't leave him in here. Why not? The painters. What do you mean? What? He'll be here in a little while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Now what, genius? Shut up! Shut up, will you? I gotta think. Diamond Detective Agency, murders financed while you wait. Oh, you idiot. Oh, is this Toodles Asher, the belle of Park Avenue? Ah, oh, this is Helen Asher, the girl that goes steady with the Diamond Detective Agency. Ah, sounds like a fine organization. Are they reliable? Very seldom. Oh. I'll tell you better as soon as I find out what I'm going to do tonight. You're going to give your butler the evening off, and the Diamond Detective Agency is going to march through your front door, single file, and show you a shortcut to spend the bottle. <laughs> what time does all this begin? How long will it take you to pucker? About two seconds. Well, I won't get there until eight. Don't hold it, or you'll end up looking like a Ubangi. You're terrible. Yeah, but I'm pretty. So is a baboon. Oh, what you said. You won't be late, will you, Rick? I don't know. After that last crack, I think I'd better start going steady with King Kong. Rick. No, I'm mad. Ricky, I love you. Only because I can hang by my tail and my fangs have that toothpaste smile. I think you're the most wonderful man in the world. Well? I think you're the handsomest, the strongest, the smartest. Well, all right. Now tell me something I don't already know. Rick. Bye, baby. See you at eight. Bye. A, I'm adorable. B, I'm so beautiful. C, I'm... Now, look, honey, I can't make it till 8 o'clock. I got a fan dancer who's a client. She wants to go out and trap an ostrich this afternoon. Is this the Diamond Detective Agency? Huh? Oh, yeah. Is this Mr. Diamond? Yeah, what's the matter? You sound like you're standing on a body. Oh, Mr. Diamond, please, you've got to help me. I, I just don't know what to do. Now, take it easy. Who is this? <gasps> what's wrong? I thought it moved. What moved? The man sitting in my chair. Well, that happens now and then. Why shouldn't he? Oh, well, because he's dead. What? Yes. I came home this afternoon from girls' camp, and when I unlocked my door and went in, I found this, uh, corpse sitting on my apple white. 
On your what? Hepplewhite. I don't know how he could have gotten there. Hepplewhite? No, the dead man. What about Hepplewhite? Who? The guy this corpse was sitting on. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a chair. Hepplewhite's an old antique chair. Oh. Uh, oh, now I'm so confused. Well, move over, honey. Now, take it easy and give me one thing at a time. Who's the dead guy? Well, I don't know. I never saw him before in my life. Okay. Now, why haven't you called the police? Well, I thought about that, but I'm a school teacher, Mr. Diamond, and I was afraid of the scandal. I read a lot of detective stories, and the first thing that came to my mind was calling a, a private eye. Private eye. Mm-hmm. You had the biggest ad in the phone book, so naturally... Naturally. Well, give me your name and address, and I'll be right over. Oh, um... Esther Blodgett, uh, 419 East 79th Street, uh, apartment 108. Okay, Esther. Now, don't let anyone in and don't touch anything. Oh, oh, I know that, silly. After the initial shock wore off, I found myself in complete control. (gasps) What's the matter? I'm so nervous. I just lit a cigarette. It tasted so good, I offered one to the dead man. Well, if he takes it, remember how you did it. I'll be right over. Hmm, Hepplewhite. Oh, is Walt going to have fun with this? Homicide, Sergeant Otis. Hello, Otis. Let me talk to the lieutenant. Diamond? No, this is Black Beauty. I just did a mile in 112, and I want to report that I've been doped. Very funny. I thought so. I didn't win the race, but I was the happiest horse on the track. Now, put the lieutenant on the phone. Uh, Lieutenant Levinson. Diamond, Walt. I don't want any. You take your killings to another precinct. Oh, now, don't be a sore head. Giving you business is just my way of showing my friendship. Can't we just be buddies at a distance? I'm getting tired of chasing corpses. Well, grit your teeth and get over to 419 East 79th Street, apartment 108. Homicide? Yeah. A dame named Esther Blodgett reported it. She lives there. Who's dead? Well, I don't know. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. A guy named Hepplewhite. Hepplewhite? Uh, you ask Esther about it. She'll put you straight. Are you coming over? Yeah. Bye. As I went out of my office, I thought about Esther Blodgett and wondered how mad she would be when the police turned up. I had to call them whether she wanted a scandal or not, because homicide comes first in my book. I'm an ex-cop, and I still follow the rules. It's not a conscience. I just like staying in business. So when someone turns up with a killing, I always let Lieutenant Walt Levinson know about it. I grabbed a cab, and 20 minutes later, I was standing in Esther's apartment along with Walt, the dead man, and Hepplewhite. Oh, you're a swell fella, you are. What's the matter, Walt? I've been going through that Hepplewhite routine for the last 10 minutes. I just found out it was a chair, that one right over there, the one that stiffs in. Mr. Diamond, why did you call the police? I thought you'd ask that. Because that man's been murdered, Miss Blodgett. That's what good citizens do when they find a dead man in the apartment. But, but, but the scandal? I'm a schoolteacher. What will my students' mommies and daddies think? Honey, just confuse them with that Hepplewhite routine. What did you find out, Walt? Not much. The coroner will be here in a few minutes. Looks like someone gave him a pretty good beating. What's that all over his clothes? Uh, Isn't that blood, Mr. Diamond? Yeah, he's been bleeding all right. I mean that brown stuff, Walt. Looks like lint or something. I noticed that too. I don't know what it is. We'll have the lab analyze it. Tell me, Esther, you said when you came in you unlocked the door. Yes, that's right. Are you sure it was locked? Why, yes, it it has a catch lock. Besides, you have to turn the key and then use the other hand to turn the knob. Did, Did you touch anything? Open any windows? I touched nothing. Hmm. Well, there's a good one, Walt. Yeah, a corpse sitting in a room with the door and all the windows locked. Do you always lock the windows when you go out, Miss Blodgett? Well, I've been away for several weeks at a girls' camp. Aren't you a little old for that sort of thing? Oh, I- I've 
been counseling one of the teachers who goes along to take care of the young girls. Mm. What do you think, Rick? Well, he wasn't killed in this apartment. No, no signs of a struggle. There's only blood around the chair and on the body. He must have been carried in. There would be blood trails on the floor. Not if he was carried in something. You uh, say you never saw this man before, Esther. Never in my life. Mm. Any identification in his wallet? Yeah, name's Gibson. Leland Gibson. No money taken either, so that eliminates the robbery angle. Any address? Yeah, he's got an old driver's license. 12 East 64th Street. Pretty classy district. Judging by his clothes, he was well fixed. Tailored. Good store. As soon as the coroner arrives, I'm going to check this apartment building. Maybe somebody heard something or saw something. Uh, well, uh, let me check the 64th Street address for you. This is a police job. Why do you want to check it? Oh, because poor Miss Blasey looks so unhappy. I am, Mr. Diamond. I am very unhappy. She was? So she's unhappy. If you want to check the place on your own, go ahead. But I'm sending some men over anywhere. Mr. Diamond. I like you. Well, thank you, Esther. No. I-, I want to hire you to catch the killer and and free me from this awful policeman. Awful policeman? Do you know how I got this way, Miss Blodgett? Oh, I'm sure it wasn't easy. Good for you, Esther. I got this way because of this, this private detective. Just call me Blue Eye. Ever since he stopped working with me and left the force, I've gotten mixed up in more screwy cases than an alcoholic in a whiskey truck. There isn't one week that he doesn't turn up with one or two killings. My, he gets excited, doesn't he, Mr. Diamond? And in his spare time, he intimidates my sergeant. Just call me Rick, dear. I've taken enough bicarbonate in the last year to stop Vesuvius erupting. And if he doesn't give me a little peace and quiet, I'm going to end up solving a killing of my own. Rick, my, that's a nice name. How did you ever get to be a schoolteacher? You don't look the type. Are you listening to me? What makes me so different? I've seen signs on highways that say it better than I can. What are you two babbling Uh, about? You mean the ones that say, uh, danger, stop, look, and listen? Well, that fits, but I was thinking about curves and soft shoulders. Oh, no. Now you listen to me, Diamond. This is serious business. A man's been killed in soft shoulders. I mean, Miss Blodgett's apartment. If you want to take her on as a client, go ahead. But any questions from here on in will have to be gotten down at police headquarters. You are taking me in, Captain? Lieutenant. Yes, you'll have to come down for questioning. Rick. You go along with the big bad policeman, dear. I'll have you out in no time. Well, all right, if, if you say so, but this has never happened to me before. Oh, no. That's unfair. Oh. Oh, stop blubbering. Yes, oh. what is it? Oh, you get out of here. Oh. Otis! Where the devil is Otis? I left Walt jumping up and down in front of Esther and the corpse and headed for 12 East 64th Street. It was an old brownstone in one of the wealthier districts. And when I rang the doorbell, I got another surprise. Yes? Yes. Don't tell me you're a school teacher. I beg your pardon? You'll forget it. It's, uh, it's the landmarks that threw me. What do you want? Oh, do you know a Mr. Leland Gibson? Yes, he's my father. Now, just who are you? Name's Diamond. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you, Miss Gibson. It's father. Something's happened to father. May I come in? Oh, I'm terribly sorry, yes. Now, please, what is it? What's happened to Dad? Well, uh, he's dead. Oh, no. No. Uh, look, I know this is tough, but you've got to help me. The police will be here in a minute. The police? Yes, your father was murdered. Oh, I knew something like this would happen. You did? Well, tell me about it. Well, I I don't mean that I expected Dad to be... (laughs) Okay, now, just take your time. Cry it out. I'm sorry. Have you a handkerchief? Uh, Sure, here. Thank you. Now, think you can talk about it? Dad 
left the house about three weeks ago and moved into a hotel. Did you have a fight or something? Oh, no, no. Everything was fine, but... No, no, hang on. Things couldn't have been better, and he was in wonderful spirits when he left. No arguments, no hard feelings? He didn't leave mad? Oh, no, no, nothing like that. Then, uh, have you got any idea why he suddenly packed and moved into a hotel? Well, I'm not sure, but I think it was a woman. A woman? Yes, he... He told me one day that he'd met someone he liked very much. The day after that, he moved to the hotel, but I never saw her, and he never said anything more about her. Weren't you a little worried? Naturally. Father isn't a young man, and he... I mean, wasn't. Uh, just one more question. What hotel did he move to? It... It was the Adams on Madison Avenue. He used to go there three nights a week for dinner and a game of bridge before he decided to move in. Well, thank you. Are you all alone? Yes. Got any friends you can call? A few, I guess. Well, call them. It's better not to be alone. And ball your head off. It'll do you some good. I'll, I'll send you your handkerchief, Mr... A diamond. A Richard Diamond. It's in the book. For some reason, I've got a talent for leaving people emotionally disturbed. Walt hops around like a rabbit in a cabbage patch, and Otis always tears his hair out by the hands full. Miss Gibson was less active about it. She just tried to smile and shed enough grief to fill the tub. I grabbed another cab and headed for the Adams Hotel. Yes, sir? Do you wish to register? No, but I want to find out about someone who did three weeks ago. Oh? Yeah, oh. Uh, Mr. Leland Gibson. Why, yes, he's staying at the hotel. From now on, that's past tense. Ah, I uh, don't understand. He hasn't notified us that he's leaving. Well, that might be a little difficult. If you'll run down to the morgue, I think you'll find out you're stuck with an empty room. The morgue? Yeah. Mr. Gibson has taken over one of the slabs, rent-free. Oh, my goodness. What happened? He's kind of dead. When did you last see him? Early this morning. He left the hotel around 10. Know where he was going? Why, no. Do you remember him having any visitors in the last three weeks? A girl, I mean. No. Are you looking for a girl? Uh, yeah. Mr. Gibson's daughter seems to think he was running around with a woman since he moved into the hotel. Oh. You say that like you knew what I was talking about. It was common gossip around the hotel. What was? Well, Mr. Gibson has been coming to the hotel for many years. He used to eat dinner here three nights a week and then play bridge with some of the hotel regulars. Now, about a month ago... We took on a new waitress. Uh-huh. It was very obvious that Mr. Gibson was quite taken by her. Uh, so much so that he moved into the hotel and ate at her table every night. Oh, what was her name? Virginia Pelgrim. Uh, quite good-looking. About 5'3", dark brunette, very well... Uh... Mm, I'd like to see her. That's impossible. She left the hotel about a week after Mr. Gibson arrived. Oh, swell. Wasn't Mr. Gibson unhappy? Oh, no. He was rather happy, in fact. I believe he wanted her to move so he could see her more often. Now, what makes you say that? Some of the things she said in the kitchen to the other girls. Do you know where she might have moved? No. But uh, you might check with the flower shop. Mr. Gibson used to send flowers every day. Well, thank you. Well, I wasn't sure just where I was going, but Virginia Pelgrim was my best lead, and maybe she could tie the Gibson murder up with a silk ribbon. I talked to the flower clerk, and he gave me the address that the flowers had been sent to every day. It was a nice apartment in the village, and the landlady stuck her nose out like she was trying to smell me instead of see who was calling. Yes? 
I hope that door doesn't slam shut sometime. You'll have a bloody nose for weeks. What do you want? Roll out an eye with that nose, and I'll show you my badge. Aren't you cops ever polite to anyone? Well, there's a face that goes with it. I'm looking for a girl, about five foot three, dark brunette. Not in the wrong place. Her name's Pelgrim. Oh, her. She lives upstairs. She does, huh? Is she in now? No. Went out this morning. Hasn't come back. And she probably won't. She have many visitors? Only a couple. Men. That figures. Ever see an elderly man, gray hair, about 60? Sure, every day. Know his name? No. You said she had a couple of visitors. Who else? Another man. Younger, kind of greasy. Only came around a few times. Old man was there this morning, had an argument. Could you hear what they said? I don't, Snoop. Anyone else? No. Who paid her rent? She did. Cash. Mind if I take a look at her apartment? Got a search warrant? No. Then you can't. Okay, thanks. You've been charming. I left the old bat and headed back to the school teacher's apartment. If I was right, I'd seen setups like this before. But there was still the problem of finding out how Gibson was killed and how he got into a locked room. When I pulled up, I saw the wagon, complete with corpse and coroner, pulling away for the morgue. And when I went in and knocked on the door, I was certain that they'd forgotten one of the bodies. Oh, it's you, Shamus. Why, Otis, they're leaving without you. Who is? The hearse. Shouldn't you be lying down or uh, something? Now oh. you stop that Rick and get in here. Hello, Walt. What's new? Well, Rick. Well, Esther, has Otis been using his rubber hose on you? Oh, no, no, but I was getting lonesome. I'm glad you got back so soon. You are. As soon as you two stop rolling your eyes, maybe you can tell me what you found out, Mr. Diamond. Yeah. Walt, send Otis down to the station for a search warrant. Then tell him to get over to 9 West 12th Street and see what he can find in the Miss Virginia Pelgrim's apartment. Who's Virginia Pelgrim? The only person who was mixed up with a murdered man. There was another man who used to see her, but I can't find out who he was. All right. Otis, go get the warrant. Yeah, Lieutenant. Thanks, Diamond. A pleasure, Sergeant. What did you find out, Walt? There were 11 people in the building at the time of the killing. None of them ever saw the guy before. Here's a list of the names. Three people on this floor, five on the second, three more on the third. Have you talked to the landlady? Certainly. She doesn't know any more about it than the rest. What about that funny brown lint on the dead man's clothes? We're checking on that right now. The lab said they'd call me. Did the landlady say she had a key to this apartment? Sure, sure, but she hasn't used it but once since Miss Blodgett was away at girls' camp. When did she use it? Three days ago, when she had let the painters in. And she says that the windows and door were definitely locked because after she aired the paint smell out, she locked them herself. Painter, huh? Yes, and I've been looking. You know, I think they did a terrible job. Why, the kitchen Esther. alone... Uh, yes, Rick? Uh, later, dear. Uh, yes, Rick? Walt, did they paint the whole building? They finished the second floor today. Oh, I'll get it, Miss Blodgett. Probably the lab. Rick, yeah. do you know who did it? Yeah. I got a hunch. Oh, I see. you're wonderful. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Lab, Walt? Yeah. That lint you spotted on the dead man's clothes is from the mat that they put under rugs. Mm-hmm. Walt, you were on all the floors. Did one of the apartments have a rug missing? They were all missing from the second floor. The tenants took them down to the basement when the painters moved in. Any off this floor or the third? No, just the second. Well, your killers are on the second floor, Walt. How do you figure? Well, let's look at what we've got. Dead body in a locked room. Blood on body and floor around body, but nowhere else in the room. Carried in. In a rug. Bullseye. Oh, this is so exciting. Uh, Esther. Uh, sorry. Yeah, but uh, how does a dame called Pelgrim figure into it? There's no Pelgrim listed in this building. Well, there shouldn't be if I'm right. The dead man met Virginia Pelgrim while she was working as a waitress in his hotel. She gave him a pitch and he fell. He put her up in an apartment so he could see her more often. So what? I think she was working with another man. A man who was seen around her apartment by the landlady. Then how did the body get over here? 
The guy the dame was working with probably lives here. What about the motive? Well, my guess is that Gibson was being blackmailed, and he followed the girl here. He was probably going to yell cops, so they killed him. Okay, now what about the locked room? Explain that. I'll let the landlady of this building explain it, Walt. Go ask her one question. Who had this apartment before Miss Blodgett? Uh, uh, Esther. Oh, I'm sorry, Esther. Well, I can tell you that. A, uh, a Mr. and Mrs. Austin, they moved to a smaller apartment and let me have this one. It's more rent and they couldn't afford it, I expect. Uh, this is a better apartment, though. It has very... Esther. Uh, hmm? What apartment did they take? Oh, it's on the next floor, apartment 209. Mm, according to this list of people who were on the second floor at the time of the killing, the Austins are the only couple. What did Mrs. Austin look like, Walt? No, oh, about five foot three, dark brunette, very, very well. Oh, say no more. Come on, Walt. Uh, may I come? Uh, no, Esther, you stay here. I'll be back later and discuss the better features of your nice little apartment. <laughs> I want to talk to you again, Mr. Austin. Why? I told you everything I know. Where's your wife? In the back. We're coming in. Okay, you don't have to shove. Who is it, huh? Oh, them cops again. Well, hello, Virginia. Do I know you? Where's your rug, Mr. Austin? What? It's down the basement. Miss Pelgrim, how long have you been married to this man? About three... Hey, how'd you know me? Shut up. Know your name? You might as well tell the lieutenant everything. Why did you lie about knowing Mr. Gibson? I didn't. I, I never saw him before in my life. I didn't tell you the dead man's name was Gibson. How'd you know that? Don't answer that. Oh, shut up. You and your husband killed Mr. Gibson and carted him downstairs in a rug. Why'd we do that? Because the painters were on their way to paint your apartment. You had to get him out without being seen. You dumped him in Miss Blodgett's apartment because you knew she was out of town. And you used to live there, so you still had a key. Have... You shut up. We've got enough to hold both of you on. The rug will have bloodstains on it. Oh. Get out of my way. Get out, Walt. <laughs> Why, Walt, you're so rough. Yeah. I, I didn't kill him. Harvey did. I didn't kill him. Okay, okay. You can tell me all about it down at the station. Hey, where are you going? Well, it's 6.30. I got a date. Well, what about Miss Blodgett? She's going to get lonesome again. Ah, she was born that way. I've got to see a girl who's going to hold a pretty interesting class of her own. Bye. Don't you look comfortable? Where's Francis? I gave him the night off, like you suggested. Ah, uh, you're cute. <laughs> I've got a cool dinner in the library. School day, school day. You sound happy. Well, I was just thinking about a school teacher I knew once. Hmm, that looks mighty toothy. Sing for your supper. What? Got a new tune on the piano. Oh, honey, I'm hungry. You sing first, and then you can eat. Oh, oh all right. What is it? Right here. So in love. Oh, okay. Strange, dear, but true, dear, when I'm close to you, dear, the stars fill the sky, so in love with you am I. Oh, keep going, I'll get it. Even... Without you, my arms fall about you, you know, darling. 
girl asking for you. Oh, some girl. Well, well, well. I told her there was no one here but the piano tuner. Oh? She leave her name? Uh-huh. Heppel White. Heppel White? Yes. Hmm. Who's she? Uh, come here, baby. No. I want to know who she is. I said come here. No, I... Ricky. Mm-hmm. Who's Apple White? Oh, just a chair, baby. A cute blonde chair. You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell, transcribed. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Georgia Ellis, Tony Barrett, Joan Banks, and Norman Field. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards. Now, this is Eddie King reminding you that Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the bestseller novel, Mrs. Mike, and inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Saturday night brings some of the week's best radio entertainment when you tune for the stars on NBC. Stay tuned every Saturday for a great lineup of programs, including Hollywood Star Theater, Ralph Edwards' Truth or Consequences, Your Hit Parade, A Day in the Life of Dennis Day, The Judy Canova Show, and Grand Ole Opry. All the best on NBC. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers as Cary Grant. This story comes from his daughter Jennifer Grant and ex-wife Diane Cannon. It's a series. The performance of Jason Isaacs, who plays Cary Grant, is top-notch. I highly recommend it. You can only find it on my favorite TV, BritBox. Sign up to BritBox today to stream Archie and other fan favorites today from any device. I have a special, limited-time offer for my U.S. and Canadian listeners. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 1001STORIES at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001stories at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hello there, this is Diamond. I've got a little office near 53rd Street on Broadway, 8th floor. My business? Trouble. What kind of trouble? I'll take your pick. If you come up with something unusual, a new kind of trouble, drop around and see me. Because I'm known along the big street as a shamus, a gumshoe. 
or to the guy on Park Avenue as a private detective. If you happen to be stuck with your problem, for $100 a day in expenses, I'll chase it around until I can catch up and break its back. I average about 20 fast rounds a week with old man trouble, and so far, the decision's been on my side. But uh, don't misunderstand me. It's my business to beat him, but I respect him. Trouble goes to work with every trick in the book. So I play it the same way, and believe me, when I put him away for the count, I don't clap my little hands in glee. I know he's just taking a rest, and he'll be back again with some new stunts. Want to know how he works? Well, the other day, I was on the way to my office. I stopped at the corner newsstand, 53rd and Broadway, to buy a paper and to say hello to an old friend. Hi, Mr. Diamond. Well, hello, Jeff. How's the newspaper business? Oh, swell. How's the detective racket? Oh, swell. Hey, you don't sound too happy. Jeff, I couldn't be happier if my hair was on fire. Take my advice, son, when you grow up. Be sure and get a job that pays off every week in that little white envelope. Don't ever become a private detective. It's like a penny getting lost in a gum machine. Well, I'm going to stick to the newspaper business. Good for you. Say, I was just about to go across the street to Mary Lou's and get some ice cream. How about it? Can I buy you a cone? Now, that is a beautiful idea. Let's go. Aren't you coming to work a little late, Mr. Diamond? Well, uh, you see, Jeff, I, I was up kind of late. Research, you know. Yeah, I know. I see him going into your office all the time. That blonde last week stopped traffic all the way to 40 seconds. Yeah, she was lovely. Got tired of social standards and shot her husband right through his morning cup of coffee. Was that the one in the headlines? That's the one. Oh, hello, Jeff. Hi, Mary Lou. Take a seat, Mr. Diamond. Well, what did you and your friend have? Well, I'm going to have a double strawberry. How about it, Mr. Diamond? Sounds great. Two double strawberries. Oh, uh, this is Mr. Diamond, Mary Lou. His office is in that building across the street. Oh, how do you do? Mm, how are you, Mary? Uh, all right, I guess. Business could get better, and I wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> Here are your cones. This is on me, Mr. Diamond. Oh, no, now put it away. Oh, now, come on. I asked you over, and that makes it my treat. Here's a five, Mary Lou. Mr. Diamond's money isn't any good today. Tell you what I'll do, Jeff. Give me a five a minute. Sure, here. Now, if you can tell me whose picture's on this bill, you can buy the cones. That a deal? That's a deal. Lincoln. <laughs> well, what's the matter? That's right, isn't it? Hmm? Oh, yeah. What's wrong? Where did you get this bill, Jeff? Well, I just made change for it a few minutes. Hey, what's the matter with that dough? <laughs> you two act like you've never seen a $5 bill before. Well, this fin's counterfeit. What? That's right. Good job, too. You sure? Yep. One of the best, in jo best engraving jobs I've ever run across. Paper's not too good. Oh, that's swell. That's real great. I get just out of a whole five bucks. Who gave it to you? I remember the guy, all right. He came by just before you did. Made change for him, the heel. Yep. Five bucks is a lot of papers. I'll say it is. Well, maybe you're wrong. You could be. <laughs> Not Mr. Diamond. He's a private detective. Used to be a cop. Look, Jeff, mind if I take this bill along with me? Nah. What good's it gonna do me? Oh, it's not so bad. Here, I'll give you a good five for it. No, sir. You only learn by mistakes. I made a big one, so I'm out five. I'll get along. Look, it's worth the five. I'm just buying it from you. Uh, sure, Jeff. Uh, go ahead and take it. Uh-uh. Thanks a lot, Mr. Diamond, but... I just can't. Okay, Jeff. Maybe I can find the guy who slipped this to you. Maybe we can get your five back. What are you going to do? Ah, uh, take a run down to the 5th Precinct. See how much of this stuff is floating around New York. Now, uh, I want you to do something for me, Jeff. Sure, anything. I want you to keep an eye out for the guy who gave you this phone. I'm way ahead of you. Well, now, that's what I'm afraid of. I want you to promise me, if you do spot him, not to do anything until you get in touch with me. Promise? Yeah, okay. Well, I'll be at the station. Ask for Lieutenant Levinson's office. Right. 
Uh, here's for the ice cream, Mary Lou. Good ice cream, too. Oh, thanks. I make it here. Right in back. Take a quart home some night. I always do, but it generally has a cork in it. I left Mary Lou's ice cream parlor and headed for the 5th Precinct Police Station. I don't usually start something like that, but when a kid gets fleeced out of a whole day's pay, I get a little hot under the collar. I walked into the squad room and spotted Sergeant Otis putting shine on his big shoes. Oh, it's you, Diamond. Now, what good is that going to do you, Otis? You can lose a whole can of polish in the cracks. What do you mean? My shoes ain't cracked so bad. Well, maybe not, but I've seen bacon that looked better. Oh, If you want to see the lieutenant, go on in. Thank you, Sergeant. Until we meet again. Uh, why don't you stop trying to be so funny? Sergeant, I'll do it if you'll do something for me. What? Cut off your head. That face could start a Harry Carey epidemic. Uh, Hello, Walt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, what the devil's the uh-huh about? What do you mean? That bilious explosion you just popped up with. Uh-huh. Sound like you just swallowed a whole pineapple. Why? What do you mean, why? Who's dead? Huh? The body you said you found. The body I said... Uh-oh, no, no, Walt. You're not built for it. Who? No, Walt. It's my routine. It won't work for you. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, sure you do. You wanted to know who's dead. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Huh? Don't try to be cute with me. You know what it's all about. I'm not going to be the fall guy. You just hunt for the body. Wait a minute. I don't know anything about a body. You wanted to know who's dead, didn't you? Sure, but that was just a gag. Okay, have your fun, but I'm not going to tell you. Tell me what? Who's dead? You mean somebody really is? What are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about what you just said. Now, who's dead? That's a stupid question. Why is it? Well, if you don't know who's dead, what the devil are you doing in charge of homicide? Go on over to the robbery detail. Now, you wait a minute. You said... Yes, Walt? Oh, get out of here. I did not. I never said, oh, get out of here. When I came in, I said, hello, Walt, and you said, "Uh uh-huh. Then I said, what do you mean, "Uh uh-huh? You wanted to know where the body was. I did not. I said, who's dead? Why? Oh, no, 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 please. I'm an old man. Oh, Walt, get away from that window and take a look at this. Oh, please. Do I have to? It'll probably explode. Now, be a good boy and open your little eyes. All right, but I just know I'll be sorry. Yeah. Hmm? You don't owe me any money. Well, if I did, I'd make sure to pay you off in this stuff. Why, what's wrong with... Where'd you get this? Some guy slipped it to Jeff, the newsboy. He got change for it. Oh, that certainly is a nice stunt. Well, maybe the guy didn't know he was passing counterfeit. I doubt it. You don't give a newsboy five bucks for a paper. Okay, tell me about it. The stuff's been flooding the city. We can't get a lead. Picked up a couple of passes, but they won't crack. How do they work? Look, Rick, this isn't my department. The Treasury boys are working on it right now. Why don't you go over and talk to them? Well, if you want to be snooty about it. Now, you wait a minute, Diamond. Yeah? Lieutenant Levinson, homicide. Is Mr. Diamond there? Now, wait a minute. Rick, it's for you. Yeah, wait just a minute. Here, Diamond, and if you're mixed up in something... Walt, be quiet. Hello? Mr. Diamond? Yeah, Jeff? Yeah, I just spotted the guy who slipped me the phony bill. He went into the barn next to the ice cream parlor. You stay where you are. I'll be right over. I'll be at the stand. Rick. Yeah? Please. Walt. Yeah? Bye. Jeff. Oh, Mr. Diamond. He hasn't come out yet. He's still in the bar. Come on. Where are we going? Leave your papers for a second. I want you to point him out. Okay. He's a big guy. You better be careful. Big guys always make me careful. You want me to go in with you? Just stick your head in the door and point him out, and then go on back to your papers. If I start bleeding, I'll scream. 
See him? No. Yeah, there he is, over in that booth. Well, well, well. You know him? Yeah. Go on back to your stand. Oh, golly, Mr. Diamond, can no, I... No, Jeff, go on back. Okay. Hello, Walker. Huh? Oh. What do you want, Shamus? Well, I'll have a talk. Mind if I sit down? Does it make any difference? Not much. Then sit. You uh, passed a phony five spot this morning. I did? Well, shame on me. How many more you got on you? I don't know what you're talking about. You want me to turn you upside down and shake it out of you? Diamond. Yeah? Boo. Walker. Yeah? Oh, hey, you... Let go! Oh, yeah. I'll sit my arm. You want it back? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Now, now let's see your pockets. Okay, okay. Get on your feet. I want to see what you're doing. All right. Okay, dump them. Hey, hey, what's going on here? Just relax, bartender. I'm taking care of some business. Well, there ain't going to be any rough stuff in my joint, so you better relax, sonny. Yeah, make this guy take his big paws off of me. He's trying to shake me down. Oh, yeah? You want me to call the cops, sonny? Maybe that's not a bad idea. How about it, Walker? You want him to call the law? I don't care who he calls. Just get out of my way, Diamond. You're not going anywhere. Now, I told you to lay off, Sonny, and I meant it. Now, let him go, you hear me? Look out, he's making a break. Just let him be. Get out of my way, Pop. You're too old to lose another set of teeth. I ain't turning you loose until that guy makes the street. Sorry, Pop, you better take a chair. You see which way you went? Yeah, there it goes around that corner. Stay at the ice cream parlor, Jeff, so I can get you if I need you. I took off like a seagull in the hurricane. I turned the corner and spotted my man jumping into a cab, so I did the same. He led me across town to a little dive on 13th Street and got out of his cab. My boy parked up the block, and we watched while Walker looked around for a tail. When he was satisfied, he'd given me the shake, he went in. I paid off my cabbie and followed it was another bar, and Walker wasn't anywhere in the room. I sat down, ordered a beer, and waited. After about ten minutes, I saw a couple of guys wander out of a door in the back. A couple of minutes later, a couple of more wandered out. So I wandered in. It was a small-time gambling setup. The kind you can throw in the back of your car if the cops come. I started getting that lousy feeling again. You don't just walk into a place like that unless someone wants you to. And if they do, it's usually because they got it fixed so you stay around. Maybe permanently. What are you telling me for, Diamond? Why? Make you uncomfortable? Yeah. That's a cozy setup. Good way to get rid of bad money. Pay the winner off with counterfeit. I think we'd better go back to my office. Oh, I don't know. I might have a little fun here. I'll bet if one of those guys at the table knew he was going to be paid off in counterfeit, he'd just about tear this place apart. And you too. Diamond, don't be stupid. Oh, something new's been added. Yeah, and it makes so much noise when it goes off. Let's go back to my office, huh? For some reason, I just can't think of a good argument not to. This way. Have a seat. My uh, ankles get lumpy when I sit down. Bad circulation. And stand on your head. Uh, it doesn't work. I keep talking to toes all day. How'd you get on to this setup? Oh, luck. You passed a bad bill to a newspaper boy. He spotted you for me. You know what happens to you? No. As a matter of fact, I was thinking what's going to happen to you. What do you mean? Treasury boys, homicide, fifth precinct. And tomorrow we're taking a full-page ad in the Times. You should do a big business. You're lying. Okay. 
I think I'll sit down while you wrestle with it. You mean the team I know about this place and me? The only way they'll get to know you any better is when they give you a room number at Sing Sing. Oh, you mind if I put my feet up? Sure, go ahead. He kept asking questions, not waiting for answers. He was good and worried. And as long as I could keep him that way, the longer I was going to keep on breathing. I don't believe one rotten thing you said, Diamond. Okay. He kept trying to convince himself that I was lying. He wanted to shoot me in the worst way. He moved around behind his desk and sat down. Bless his little heart. I had both feet on the front of his desk, so I shoved out as hard as I could. I pinned him against the wall with the desk and jumped up to get better leverage. I shoved so hard the front of the desk nearly cut him in two. He was stuck and he couldn't use his arms. I can't breathe. You want to tell me about it? I don't know a thing. Okay. It will look pretty silly from the waist down. Come on, Walker. If I mash you anymore, they'll be able to use you for wallpaper. Okay, okay. Now leave the gun in your pocket. When I pull the desk back, put your hands on top of it. You try a stunt and you end up in half. Okay. What do you want to know? Who's the big wheel behind the counterfeit ring? You give me a chance if I tell you? No deals. I can't blame me for trying. All right, you try it. Now, you want back in the vice? No, 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 no. I'll tell you. Walker. Walker. <laughs> died with his head rolled back and his eyes staring up like he wanted to starve for trying. Whoever shot him had been out in the alley and had nailed him through the window. I looked out, but the killer had disappeared, so I put in a call to homicide, and finally, Walt and his boys arrived. Diamond, don't you ever get tired of corpses? Well, of course not. I just do my bit and then try to make you happy. Hey, you want me to call the wagon and get the corner downhill, Lieutenant? No, Otis. I thought we might all sit around and wait for the dead man to say something. Oh, uh, I was only asking, Lieutenant. Well, start using that mallet head of yours, you mallet head, and make a report. Okay. Now, Diamond, I want to know how you got mixed up in this thing. Well, the dead man was the one who slipped the paper boy the 45. I tailed him, and he was just about to tell me who was behind the ring when he got a hole in his head. Oh, he was going to tell you, was he? Just like that. What did you do, set his clothes on fire? No. We were playing truth and consequences, and he fibbed, so I... Now, you stop that. This guy was the only link we had on the counterfeit ring. And you have to fix it so he dies. Rick, there's enough phony money floating around New York right now to start another Black Friday. This is the best setup we've run into since Dad Foster operated in 1937. Dad Foster? Yeah, Dad Foster. You remember hearing about him? Yeah, is he still doing time? No, he served his sentence and he's gone straight ever since. How do you know? Where is he? He runs a little saloon on 53rd Street. 53rd? Thanks, Bob. Oh, now, you wait a minute. Who the devil are you calling? A quiz program. I want to win an electric chair. Oh... Mary Lou's ice cream parlor. Is uh, Jeff the newsboy there? Well, yes. It's for you, Jeff. Thanks. Hello? Jeff, this is Mr. Diamond. I want you to do me a favor. Sure, anything for you. Okay, now, you know the saloon next to the ice cream parlor? Yeah. You know the bartender? Yeah, old guy. Buys a paper from me every night. All right. Now, stay in the parlor and keep an eye on the front of the saloon. If the bartender comes out, find out where he goes. But for Pete's sake, be careful. Sure, Mr. Diamond. I'll do what you say. Is something up? Well, could be. Now, if anything happens before I get there, call Lieutenant Levinson. I'll tell you all about it when I see you. You're getting to be a pretty important fellow, Jeff. Phone calls now. Oh, that was Mr. Diamond. He wants me to stay here and keep an eye on the front of the saloon. Okay? Oh, sure, of course. Why did he want you to do that? Oh, it's something big, I think. 
Something to do with the bartender that works there. The bartender? Yeah. I'll just sit up in front here and keep an eye out. Uh, look, Jeff, watch the store for me, will you? I've got to go in back and pack some ice cream to be sent out. Sure. I'd better get it myself. Mary Lou's ice cream parlor. Can I talk with Mary Lou? She went in back. I'll get her for you. Just a minute. Thank you. I tell you, it's getting too risky. That diamond's a private detective. Yeah, he came in the bar and started to rough up Walker. Well, that stupid Walker should have been more careful about passing out that money. What if Diamond catches him and makes him talk? He caught up. <laughs> but he didn't make Walker talk. What do you mean? I took care of Walker. I got a good shot at him from the alley. Well, maybe it's better like that. But look, if we don't... Hello? Yes? Mary Lou isn't here. Get off the line. What? What? Yeah, get off! Operator. Get me the 5th Precinct Police Station. It's a matter of life and death. I'll connect you. Oh, golly, please hurry. I'm ringing. Fifth precinct. Is Mr. Richard Diamond around there? He said to call Lieutenant Levinson. Oh, Diamond isn't here. That is a lieutenant. You know where I can reach them? Yeah, but that's about set all. Who's this? I'm a friend of Mr. Diamond's. I'm in an ice cream parlor. Ice cream parlor? Look, son. No, uh... no. I just heard someone say that they'd killed a man named Walker. And I think I know who's behind the counterfeit ring. What's the address? It's... Hello. <laughs> Hello, kid. What's wrong? Hello. Lucky we came out this way. I wonder how he heard us. He walked back and opened the door. What are we going to do with him? Well, tie him up and gag him. There's a closet in the back, and we can put him in there until it's safe to take him out. But he's making too much trouble the way he is. Okay. I can get him back there. You better go on over to the bar in case someone shows up. All right. Later tonight, I'll take the kid down to the river and teach him how hard it is to swim when he's dead. Listen here, young fella. If you're back here for trouble... Dad, I'm back for a lot of trouble, and I think you're going to help me out. You'd better leave, Sonny, or I'll call the law. Why don't you? What do you want? I want to know how long you've been back in the counterfeit racket. Now, look, Sonny, I've been going straight for a long time. You know something, Dad? I don't think so. Let's get down to the station and talk about it. You got a warrant, Shamus? I got a nasty disposition. You want me to show you? No. You want a gun, Dad? Why... What difference does it make? I want to look at it. A guy named Walker got dead from a gun. Now, let's let, let's see it. Sonny. Uh, what is it? I can't show it to you. Yeah, why not? Because I got it under the bar pointed right at your belly. If I drag it out, it might scare the customers. Oh, it's like that, huh? It sure is. You see that door there in the back? I know. Uh, that's a good boy. You just keep walking along your side of the bar and don't try anything. I just had my floor scrubbed. It'd be a shame to spill you all over. Okay. Open the door. Go on out. Up the alley. You shoot Walker? I might have. Oh, well, you got your printing presses. 
You're just full of questions, aren't you, Sonny? Okay. Stop here. Behind the ice cream parlor, huh? Well, well, well. Mary! Uh, make mine hot fudge with the nuts. Wait. Mary! For just a minute. Say, what's the idea? I thought you... Oh. Oh, good afternoon. I'm selling a new brand of Indian nuts. Great for banana splits. What's the shamus doing here? He's too smart. I gotta cut off his education. Are you crazy? This guy's got friends. That kid was calling the 5th Precinct, remember? Kid? Yeah, you're your little news hound. What did you do with him? He's all right until tonight. We got him locked up. Dad, I think I'll make you eat that 38. I don't think so. No difference if I kill you right here. Oh, hold it, Dad. We can't have a gun going off back here. Even if we could hide the shamus, they'd find the presses. Oh, so that's it. Those ice cream machines, the cover-up. Ain't he smart. What do you do? Ship the stuff out in ice cream cartons? What's with you? You want a tour of inspection? Come on, now, take it easy. He won't be smart for long. Well, how are you going to do it? We're going to take a walk, aren't we, Shamus? Oh, I have the most horrible instep. I'll never make it without skates or something. You'll make it. Come on, the car's around front. Hi. Hey, what's happening to the street? A dad. Yeah, now, there. It's only some drunk come out of the bar the wrong way. Funny, I didn't see him in there. Oh, this is very confusing. If this is 53rd Street... Somebody's stolen some building. Oh, hi. Hello. Now, take it easy, Shamus. I'm putting the gun in my pocket, but it's still right in line with your belt. I'm going back inside. No, no, no. Play it straight. Just like we were talking. Well, you're pretty unsociable, to say the least. What's the matter? Can't you even say hello? I'm lost. Uh, sure, sure. You're, you're in an alley. The entrance is right out there. Oh, yeah? Oh, would you mind showing me... I seem to be a little confused. Now, look, it, it's right up there. Just keep going. Hey, where'd you go? Oh, no. Oh, there you are, Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Get the cop. Look out, Walt. Look out, Walt. Ah! Get the girl, Walt. Come on, Dad. Give me that gun. Let me go of me. Let me go, you loving copper. You got him, Rick? He won't play. Get me. Uh, there. Now will. Just take go. it easy, lady. Hey, what's going on? Otis. Yeah? Go out and start walking around the block. Huh? You hear me? Go on. Okay, but I don't get it. What do you want me to walk around the block for? I want you to get used to it, because that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your time on the force. Uh... In Flatbush. Flatbush? Yes. Diamond, thanks for the dinner invitation, but where are we going? Well, I'm going to introduce you to Miguel. She's a redhead, Jeff, so no cracks about my office research. Oh, sure. But don't you think you should have called her first? How do you know she's got enough dinner? Jeff, this girl's got more steaks in her deep freezer than a bullfight arena sees in a year. Here we are. Yes? Oh, good evening, Mr. Diamond. Good evening, Francis. Uh, this is Jeff, Francis. He's going to have dinner with us. Hi. Oh, Hi. Uh, come right in. Uh, Miss Asher's in the study, Mr. Diamond. Thank you, Francis. Uh, Mr. Diamond. Yes? You know the various items that you've left with me for safekeeping? Uh, 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 look, Francis, I promise I'll get them out of hock as soon as I get a paying client. Oh, no, no, it's not that, sir. I didn't really want to hold them as security in the first place. But as long as you insisted in such a fine collection, I'd like to show them to, well... To my girl, sir. Why, sure, Francis. I didn't know you had a girl. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. She's the upstairs maid in the apartment below us. Oh. I'm afraid I told her a wee fib to get acquainted, as it were. She thinks 
I'm an undercover agent, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to prove it. Wow. My gun and the badge should do the trick. And uh, if it doesn't work, just get under a cover. <laughs> oh, my George. That was the real... <laughs> yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Uh, come on, Jeff. We're not appreciated. Rick. Oh, hello. Hello. Helen, this is Jeff, the boy who's helping me send Dad Foster and company back to prison. Jeff, this is Helen Asher. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Jeff. They had him locked up in the closet for a couple of hours, and he looked kind of hungry when he got him out. Uh, how about it, honey? You think you can grind up another cow? Oh, well, there's plenty for Jeff and me, but you've got to make up for three things. Three things? Yes. First of all, you haven't called me in two days. Second, you're half hour late for dinner. And third... Well, I'll tell you later. Uh, I'll leave the room if you want me to. No, no, Jeff. You stay right here. You're going to literally see a man sing for his supper. Helen. All right. Come on, Jeff. We'll go dig into those nice, fat, juicy steaks. Oh, boy. Steaks? Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. My taste buds just started whipping each other. My vibrato may sound like a machine gun, but I'll do it. Well, I thought you were kidding. Is he really going to sing, Miss Asher? No, I'm not going to sing Miss Asher. <laughs> I'm going to do a little song I used to sing with hip boots and a gondola. <laughs> you're breaking my heart because you're leaving. You've fallen for somebody new. It isn't too easy believing. You'd leave after all we've been through It's breaking my heart to remember The dreams we depended upon You're leaving a slow dying ember I'll miss you, my love when you're gone, I wish you joy, though teardrops burn. But if someday you should want to return, please hurry back and we'll make a new start. Till then you're breaking my heart. Mr. Diamond, did you really sing in a gondola with hip boots on? Yeah, that's right, Jeff. Well, I know you don't need the hip boots anymore. Will you loan them to me? What for? I want to wait out of here. <laughs> well, get him. For that, you get two desserts. <laughs> Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Tommy Bernard, Sammy Hill, Lou Krugman, and Polly Bear. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by Richard Sandville. Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now, this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective.
Saturday night brings you some of the week's best radio entertainment when you tune for the stars on NBC. Stay tuned to NBC every Saturday evening for a great lineup of programs, including Hollywood Star Theater, Ralph Edwards' Truth or Consequences, Your Hit Parade, A Day in the Life of Dennis Day, The Judy Canova Show, and Grand Ole Opry. All the best on NBC. Stay tuned now for Victor Mature and Hollywood Star Theater on NBC. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.